This is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from the megacity metropolis of Toronto. I'm your host, Eric Anthony. This is episode 254, Kickstarting Dracula Visions with Martin Slam Duncan. Martin Slam Duncan, welcome to the, officially, welcome to the cave. You might be the only guest who, other than my wife, who's been in the spot where I always podcast. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> the other room is where the magic happens. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, this one has a big uh, couch, though. I'm a little scared. No. <laughs> this is this is the slash uh, lounge room and podcast mm. studio. I, I made it work for both, but it's really nice to have you here because... You were my first real co-conspirator when it came to podcasting partner. Way back in the, before I even hit 100, me and you were interviewing people together when you launched your podcast. We used to go to uh, cons side by side, interviewing people as press. That's right, that's right. right. So to to have this episode now with you is uh, really special. It reminds me why this podcasting thing is is what it's, you know, what it's worth. And you're one of the folks that probably one of the biggest influences of why I even started the podcast. So, so that's cool. Full circle, man. That's it. Full circle. And it's always cool to see, um, like, it, when you inspire oh, and someone. Cookies. Yeah, have these cookies. We've got coffee. We've got, we got cookies, cookies. We've got podcasts. Guys, do do a podcast with Eric because he'll give you coffee and cookies. <laughs> It sounds so creepy. You come into his room where his little chase is, and he gives you coffee and cookies. It sounds like a Michael Jackson. Do That's it, horrible. Do it. <laughs> um, we'll recommend. But Yelp. <laughs> but um, what's really cool is when you see, when you see someone who says, "Hey, you inspired me to do this," but then mm-hmm. like you you're doing stuff now that's inspiring me oh which is if that whole full circle thing is really true don't do it (laughs) (laughs) so in the past we would we would collaborate on each other's episodes Mm -hmm. as uh fellow podcasters doing our top fives movie reviews but now you are on the show as a book creator publisher you've got a project coming out you're kickstarting it officially it launches today october 4th so this episode will be up tonight Oh. But people will be listening most likely on October 5th. So you're, for those folks, it just launched yesterday, October 4th, <laughs> 2021. The future and, is now. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, I mean, tell, tell everybody what's happening today. Yeah. So, so It's um, historic. I got a mouthful of cookie. All right. It's okay. So, perfect timing. Um, <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll step back a little bit. So, um, at the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. um one of the things that I was, you know, when I w- we were missing, we actually had a conversation, myself, you, Shane, it was on a podcast, and we talked about, you know, how we're missing, um, how we're missing uh, Comic-Cons and things like that, so, um, so we came up, I would say more me, Shane thinks it was his idea, <laughs> but it was definitely my idea, uh, <laughs> that uh, we'll, we'll sort of try to bring the Comic-Con to you. So what I started doing is this thing called Sketchlemania, where we did um, a few artists came on. We did some sketches or like a sort of a sketch battle. And then we would take those pieces of art uh, and auction them off and they all went to charity. So 
through the podcast and through the Sketchelmanias that we did over time, I got to know uh, a lot or, you know, get to know a lot of artists. And um, even before that, I was a huge uh, art collector. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's one of the things I really like about going to Comic-Cons is I I like to get people to do sketches. I have a bunch of sketchbooks um, that all have themes on it. So, you know, I'll have a Conan sketchbook. I have a Swamp Thing sketchbook. I have a Wolverine sketchbook. Um, And what I've always loved is everybody's individual takes on the same character because it really brings out their specific art style. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know, it just struck me one day. uh, What if we took, you know, one of these uh, IPs that uh, is currently in public domain and we got a bunch of of, uh, artists to go and do their interpretation uh, of one of these IPs and we landed on Dracula. So Dracula, again, um, I'm a big horror fan um, and it is the month, October, um, <clears throat> we chose Dracula because, again, it was one of one of those things that I grew up with in the com- in a lot of media's in the comic book media, in the movie media, uh, the book itself. Uh, so it was very close to me, and and apparently it was very close to a lot of artists too. As as we started to bring them on, um, so as I'm rambling, basically what it is is I've pulled together um, about twenty. 26 27 different artists together mm-hmm. and we're all doing uh, a, rent, a sort of a rendition uh, based on the Bram Stoker's Dracula novel so what I did is I took a, a number of the quotes from the book based on those quotes the um, the artists would go and do their interpretation of uh, how those quotes inspired them and that's essentially what the book is so it's it's an art book it celebrates the artist it celebrates the art um, and, uh, yeah, and these guys just, just blew me away with, uh, what they came out. That's, uh, that's exciting. And, and it's a, a novel idea that, you know, it, it's, it's a good idea because everyone's familiar with the character, but you're also taking a chance because there's so much about that character that's out oh, there. Yeah. So what made you, what made you settle on Dracula? Um, I think again, uh, it's one of those things I, I could have gone maybe a little bit more obscure, um, mm-hmm. but I think Dracula is kind of universal. I, I think that there's a number of characters, um, particularly the artists, they don't necessarily get a chance to draw, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of these artists that I pulled in are uh, comic artists uh, generally. Some of them are not. Some of them are actually uh, in the horror genre. But most of them are comic artists, so they're they're gonna draw your uh, your Batman's, they're gonna draw your Harley Quinns, they're gonna draw your Wolverines, etc. Um, but what I'd found is each of them have a sort of a Dracula within them that they always wanted to get on paper. Hmm. Um, so I thought that this would be a really great uh, option. Um, the other thing too is. Just again, I didn't want to step on any toes. I wanted to be very careful. Uh, some of the IPs, we got to make sure that they are public domain. So right. uh, because of Dracula was published over 100 years ago, it's public domain. I could put elements of the Dracula book uh, into the into the art book. Um, so it kind of it kind of binds the art also to the text of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm. So that's a part of why we wanted to do it as well. Yeah, and and with something like a a public domain uh, property like Dracula, is there any sort of 
things you have to get around that w- when people want to do their rendering mm-hmm. of the character <laughs> yeah. that you can't like you can't do that thing the, of Dracula or is that, is it everything open? That's right. Yeah. So, um, so even though it's a pu- the the book is public domain. Right. Um, I wouldn't be able to recreate, uh, say, like the Bella Lugosi or the Gary Oldman uh, or anything from the films or even the comic books uh, okay. that would be um, their interpretation or their very specific interpretation of Dracula, which right. to me is actually a little bit more exciting because I don't yeah. need to see those again. Those are fantastic rend- uh, um, designs, but I wanted I wanted something fresh and new for people to see. So that they're going to get a different design. And if you read Dracula, the the description of him is very different than what you've seen in the movies. Hmm. Um, like, he does, you know, he's older, he's, he becomes younger, uh, but he has this, like, glorious mustache. He's like an older man, he's all in black. So a lot of the folks sort of embrace that type of look, as opposed to the traditional, you know... Uh, like suit one or the long coat or the the turned up um, uh, the turned up collar and all that so mm-hmm. we, they they mostly stayed away from those type of images and went with uh, what it's more like in the book how old were you when you read the book uh, I got introduced to the movies first okay. uh, definitely got and and the comics mm-hmm. Um I probably saw the the movie fairly early. I probably saw it like when I was maybe eleven or twelve. Uh, and I want to. And I'm, when I'm saying the movie, um, I don't know which one came first, either the Hammer or the. I, I think it was probably the um, Universal Studios one. Is probably the one I saw first, the Bella Lugosi one, the black and white. So that's probably the one I saw early. But it was. I. I, I mean. Uh, when I was younger, I ate up all those uh, horror movies, um, and my mother actually encouraged it. She was really into it, so we used hmm. to stay up late. My father had a um, a night job, so I would actually stay up late, and that's probably why I'm a night person now, uh, sort of waiting for him so that I'd be able to see him before I go to bed. And my mother and I would stay up watching horror movies. <laughs> that's so funny and uh yeah we watch all sorts of like the worst type of horror movies but i love them um so i would think that it was probably yeah the bell lugosi one was probably one of the first ones uh and also the hammer ones um uh probably around the same time again around that 11 year old 12 year old maybe even number 10 potentially and then you, you did read the book at some point, or my? Oh no, I did read the book. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, that was the question. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I read the book. Um, I read the book probably as an early teen, mm-hmm. um, and it's it, it's one of those that yeah, it, it, the the character is so ingrained through the movies yeah. that when I read the book, it was so different. Um, yeah, I found that, and actually, I, I found that recently when I read uh, all the Lord of the Rings books. So different than what the films are. Um, I mean, the films are good, but there's so much more to the books. Uh, but yeah, I found it very different. I really enjoyed it. Um, my, I, I immediately went from there, and I immediately read uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, I think the Frankenstein book actually spoke to me a little bit more. I, I found it a little bit more interesting at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Dracula book is... Uh, yeah, I mean it's a classic, and there's some really great stuff. I revisited it again, of course. I, I reread it again before this project, mm. um, and uh, yeah, it was I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I'm actually reading the prequel right now, the official prequel um, 
from from Dacre Stoker. So Dacre Stoker is uh, Bram Stoker's great grandnephew, um, um, and as a part, I think back to what you were saying about you know not stepping on anybody's toes. I really don't need any permissions to to do the Dracula. You know, I, I could actually republish the book if I want. Right. Um, that was never the intention. The intention was really to focus on the art. But I wanted to sort of pay tribute to the Stoker estate. Because I, I felt kind of weird just taking that IP and then just sort of making it my own. So I reached out to Dacre Stoker, who's, who's the... Um, uh, I guess he's he's a part of the Stoker estate. He's he's come out with the official prequels, etc. And I wanted to let him know that I was putting this together. I, I was basically looking for his blessing to right. an extent, right? right. Um, because it, again, I didn't feel like I said I don't need the permission, but I kind of wanted the permission. I wanted I wanted to um, pay tribute to the original author of the book um, and as close as I can to the whole Stoker name. Um, so Dacre Stoker was absolutely amazing. Um, he wrote a forward for the book that's going to be in the book. And he also, if you go to the Kickstarter right now, uh, hmm. if you check out the video, he also did our video uh, wow. for the Kickstarter, wow. which, I mean, this guy uh, was fantastic. You know, he was really great. Um, and now I'm reading his prequel story that he wrote um, called uh, Dracul. Which is a lot of fun. Well, you see, that's why original, like at the beginning of our conversation, I said the the bravery in a way that it takes to say I'm going to make a Dracula book when there's so much. Yep. But but you, I, I said that because I had known from our previous conversations that you did reach out to the to the Stoker family or the Stoker yep. estate. So this book is is in a way very official. Yeah. In, in the sense that this has the blessing from the estate of this character. Even though it's public domain, that person did the video for it. Like, they're completely behind this. Like, this is something that any Dracula fan would want to own. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and the fact that he's going to be published in it as well, right? He's, he's, uh, his forward is going to be in there. And uh, he's, he's sort of a Dracula historian. Uh, he does a lot of uh, lectures and things on it. So he goes pretty deeply... Um, when he asked me about the Ford, I basically said, hey, you know, can you just talk about the uh, illustration and the visual uh, mm. element of the book? Mm -hmm. Because that's basically what we're putting together. And he had, he, his, you, you got to read the Ford. It's pretty great. He talks about uh, how his great uncle uh, was, a, it was a, uh, a big uh, art aficionado and... Um, and I guess the influences of the book on art and things like that. So it, it was it was pretty nice. Um, again, I owe him a lot on this one, and I'm super happy that he's on board. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And if yep. if you're a fan of of any of that stuff, you have to get this book. And where can you do it on the Kickstarter? Right. That's right. I think it's pretty incredible that the Kickstarter launched today and. It's a historic day because <laughs> Facebook and everything don't associated with it is shut down globally. And you don't realize that we share every piece of information pretty much with one of those channels. Because even WhatsApp, yep. 
right? WhatsApp's down. So every way that down, Instagram's down, and and it's already thirty percent on the way there in just one day with no promotion. Yeah, not even a day. Uh, We launched it at ten a.m. That's that's incredible. Yeah, so it's uh, about six seven hours uh, into it. Uh, with pretty much no social media. <laughs> um, so it was, yeah, it was quite the shock. I did a little bit of a kickoff video this morning um, with with Sam Noir. Mm. So we went into the sort of countdown. We launched it. Um, we had a few, a little bit of Q&A. And then uh, I go back because I have this whole sort of social media plan. And I can't get on Facebook. And I'm, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, like, is it me? Did I get banned by accident or something? Yeah. And, and then I, you know, I go around the house, hey, can you get on Facebook? Can you get on Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, no one can. And then we, you know, of course, we Googled it, and it's a global outage. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm not disheartened by it. I think, I think the uh, – I'll say one thing. Uh, Sam Noir um, – He's been on the show, hasn't he? Oh, oh. Yeah, Sam, Sam Noir. Yeah, been Sam on the Noir's show. The show. Okay. On the show. <laughs> okay, so Sam Noir. Hey, Sam. <laughs> has been um, my um, Kickstarter guru with right. all this, and yeah. and one of the things, and I mentioned this uh, the other day or this morning as well. Uh, one of the first things that we went into it with is we wanted to create uh, a quality product. That was the first thing. That was the first rule, right? Uh, I don't want to skimp out on anything. Um, I want to be proud of this. Uh, even if I don't, you know, I, I could have made less money. I could have made the book smaller. I made it an oversized book because I want I want the art to be showcased. Um, we're doing a hardcover because I know people will like to have that, you know, on their coffee table. Um, like, we've, we've really not skimped out on anything. Uh, so I wanted to make sure this thing was a very quality book from the start. Yeah, and and I think it will be, and I think people that get it will be very happily surprised. Um, secondly, I want to make sure it's a quality book because I have plans, hopefully, to continue the quote unquote visions uh, line. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, if people get the rewards and they're not happy with them, they're not going to come back. Right. I want them to be able to. I want them to be happy and satisfied with what they're getting. And wanting to get more, so um, that's also the other reason. And it's and it's um, one of those things within our community of people who buy and support and collect books. They're more than happy with a set, like a collection set. So if they know that this is number one of maybe yep. five, six <clears throat> of these, if you're going to do a theme like a horror volume, people yep. are going to want them all. Yep. Right. So you want that first one to be worth the money and worth the the presentation. Oh yeah, and there's other couple of things too. Like I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I started Kickstarter. I'm a fan, right? Mm-hmm. I, I try to go into this with what would I, what would I want to get? That's the right? best way to do it. And um, so a couple of things. First of all, we were just going to be uh, soft cover, which is fine. But personally, I'm a big fan of hardcovers, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Even if it's going to cost a lot more, I think we have to have at least a small run of hardcovers. Um, and Ramon Perez is going to be doing the cover. Uh, so it's an alternate cover for the hardcover. He's doing the cover for it, which we'll be unveiling soon. And um, uh, he has agreed to sign a number 100 of them. So that is also going to be a part of this pro- of this uh, campaign. There is an early bird special right now that 
Uh, I know that's the one that's selling the most right now. There's only 50, and that includes almost everything in the kitchen sink, um, with the exception of we also have some statues, so those aren't in that. But a lot of the uh, printed stuff is in there, which also includes uh, Ramon Perez's um, signed and numbered editions. So that's also going to be in there. And we also have, um, again, uh, going with the whole sort of comic, comic influence, mm -hmm. we're doing alternate covers as well. So we have uh, Adam Gorham's doing the main cover. Big names. Uh, yeah, yeah Big names. it was fantastic. And he killed it. It's, it looks amazing. Um, so he's doing the main cover. When he originally showed us the cover, it was in black and white. And it's absolutely stunning in black and white. We are doing the color version for the main one, and then we're doing a black and white uh, version cover. So there's gonna be no dressing on it. It's just gonna be the art itself on top of the book. That'll be available as an add-on as well. So if you're interested in that, you could get that as another add-on. I could literally see, if, if it was me, I would probably wanna get all three of them. <laughs> just cause, you know, uh, I'm a fan. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, have your read copy. Have your copy uh, for the wall. Have your copy for the for the table. <laughs> you, but you, but that's that's an interesting uh, perspective because you looked at it from what how you are as sure. a fan, and yeah. you're a guy who does. If if it's something you love, you give it everything you've got. Especially yeah. if the if the product is done with uh, quality and like a, almost like a labor of love was put into it. You're very oh, yeah. supportive of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and there's Absolutely. an audience for it. Absolutely. So it's cool that you've, you've kind of built it in a way that, you know, I would probably want all three of these because they're all kick-ass. Because Ramon Perez, Adam Gorham, every, you know, if you read comics these days, you know those names and their work is beautiful. Yeah. Award winners. We absolutely got a killer lineup. Yeah, let's talk That's about right. that. Let's get yeah. into all who's right. on in the book because we talked about all of the... All right. You, you got Stoker family behind it. Stoker so that's already made official. It. Ramon Perez um, cover, Adam Gorham cover. So so this is... Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna sort of list off yeah, the names. Yeah, go through it. Um, one thing I want to I be clear about as well is when we went through this, um, I didn't just want artists just because they're big names. I mean, mm -hmm. yes, that's going to help sell the book right but i wanted artists that i think would have been a good fit for you know sort of the darker side yeah the, the you know who are fans of horror who are fans of of the um of the dracula novel the dracula movies what have you it's the quality that you're selling yeah not the name yeah. recognition yeah so I, I didn't want people to sort of you know uh call it in so to say so to speak right. not that i think anybody would do that on purpose but i wanted people to have passion about the piece i wanted people to really and it comes through so nicely. Um, I know this is a podcast. I wish I could show some of the pieces and explain, but there are some really great interpretations uh, that I've never seen before um, of some of the Dracula pieces. But uh, when we sort of snowballed this into, it, it seems to be like, um, you know, we would start with three or four folks and then they would bring some folks on. And uh, at one point, you know, maybe near the end of when I was pulling the team together, you know, people were reaching out to me to be on the book, <laughs> which was shocking to me, right? Because, yeah. you know, they're like, hey, I heard you have this Dracula um, project going. Uh, can you want to tell me about it? And I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you about it. You know, and these were really established uh, artists. 
And uh, yeah, I just couldn't believe who I, who I got to jump on board of this thing. So um, so we got, yeah, so we got Ramon Perez, um, you know, probably uh, best known for his Marvel work. He's done a lot of stuff. Eisner uh, Award winner. Eisner Award winner, Harvey Award winner, yeah. uh, X-Men, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, all sorts of, he's done all sorts of things. Uh, we have Adam Gorham. Uh, another uh, Marvel uh, artist, and, and he's done multiple things. Uh, Eric Vetter. Uh, oh, by the way, a lot of these folks are from the Raid studio. Yeah. So it sort of went, it sort of went viral within Raid, and then a yep. lot of folks jumped on. But that's a that's a good place for it to go viral. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, these guys are are great. Uh, so Eric Vetter, uh, he has a, such a unique style. His piece is very unique. Uh, one thing I will mention is that uh, there are some mature pieces in here yep. as well. Um, so good call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there are some mature pieces, but um, they're yeah, they're not gratuitous. <laughs> I know what you mean. Gratuitous. Yes. Gratuitous. Yes. Yeah. Gratuitous. Yeah. Um, they're actually just beautiful pieces of art. Uh, so Eric Vetter, he's really known. He's in the uh, video game industry as well as the illustration. Uh, his piece was fantastic. Uh, Kalman Androsovsky, um, <laughs> again, Marvel NYX, The Way Home. Um, Hochi Anderson uh, was Very cool. fantastic. His piece is just amazing, too. Um, so he is known for doing, I think it was the Martin Luther King yeah. adaptation mm -hmm. and he has just been brought on to do Luke Cage as well. And I somehow got him in between those two <laughs> pieces. So he's, he's got a piece in there. Uh, Gerhard, uh, heavy metal, Cerberus, um, he's actually done the, uh, Dracula's castle. So if you know his type of work, yeah. uh, his oh. background work, I got him to do Dracula's castle on it. Um, wow. Ron Sutton, who's again, uh, a, just, uh, a veteran, uh, Becca Kenzie, uh, Joel Schuster Ward currently has her, go check this out as well. Uh, again, death Valley, it, she has her Kickstarter going on right now. Uh, again, huge horror fan had to get her on, uh, Jeff Ursherwood, uh, another huge Marvel Conan, Dr. Strange, Namor, um, uh, our friend Mike Ruth, um, who, who just announced that. He's got a Swamp Thing cover, which yeah. is fantastic Huge. for him. Uh, he's on here. His piece is killer. Um, Sam Agro, who's mm. been in the business for years, he's just he's just phenomenal. Uh, he's actually got a showcase piece in this book, um, and we did some modeling, 3D modeling, of one of his pieces. So we are offering uh, mini statues based Very on cool. based on that. Very cool. Uh, Neil Vokes, who is our um, our horror guru, he is old school horror fan, has all of the Hammer stuff, knows all about the movies, has worked in the business for so long. Uh, Chris Campana, our friend from mm -hmm. the States, um, who's leaning towards the sort of fantasy, mm -hmm. and he built that into his piece. He's got sort of a fantasy horror piece. Um, Tony Moy, uh, Daniel Gauvet, both fantastic painters. Uh, I just saw Daniels today, and it's amazing. Uh, Paul Amenko, um, hmm. who is just his piece is just stunning. That those his piece would probably scare me because uh, I feel it would pop out of the page at you, he, I feel like it would touch you. Yeah. So when we sort of did, um, we picked the quotes. He specifically went for the description of the Dracula crypt, and he just went crazy on this thing. Yeah, uh, it's it's stunning. Uh, and he actually uh, signed. 
uh, 20 prints that we have available, uh, but only 20. Um, Casey Parsons, yeah. <laughs> amazing, amazing piece. Uh, Katie Sawatsky, her piece blew my mind as well. Um, and we're putting it on a t-shirt. So uh, when we had this discussion, I'm, I'm, I'm laying it all out for you, Eric. You're getting everything. No, uh, that's good. You know what's cool about this story to interrupt <laughs> you is that yeah, yeah. the um, everybody that you have on the book so far, I know there's more, but so far the way you've kind of you've really elevated everybody's work on it by saying this person should get a statue. Yours is so good that it should get, <laughs> yeah. you know, a, an album cover yeah. that you're doing all these things, recognizing that their takes on it are so special. Like it makes me, I, even though we can't see it, I want to see it more. Yeah. Yeah. So in the case of Katie's, uh, t-shirt, um, it was actually Eric Vetter. Eric okay. Vetter came in and said, listen, Katie's artwork, the way that it's laid out, would look amazing on a t-shirt. And I didn't even really want to do t-shirts, to be honest. Right. Um, and But then I looked at it and I thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, he's absolutely right. He would kill it, especially on a silk screen, because it's got about four colors, right? Okay. And it looks perfect for a, for a t-shirt. And um, what I wanted to make sure with these t-shirts, again quality i didn't want a crappy t-shirt that people aren't going to wear uh so i've actually gone to the printer before um and they give really nice t-shirts i've worn a i actually did one for um fastball special years ago and they're they're really quality and they 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 don't shrink they don't you know they're great uh but in addition to that if you're gonna wear the t-shirt i don't want a bunch of labeling on it either it's just the artwork. There's no vap. Uh, yeah. There's no Dracula visions on it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't put my logo on it or anything no, like that. No slam that's, press. That's wicked. It's just the artwork. Period. Yeah. Um, so that's available, and that's gonna you know that's gonna feel good. Her her fellow um, artists are suggesting you know for hers to be on a t-shirt. I'm like that's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Uh, Shane Heron, you heard of him? Ah. <laughs> what up Shane yeah I what know up, Shane, Shane. <laughs> uh, yeah he's doing a piece uh, Andrew Dorlin is also putting one up uh, Bally Skillen R.B. White um, Jonathan Kuchiba is someone who we just brought on <coughs> um, literally couple, literally today uh, right. right before this right I, before I, had, I, I had a conversation I, I, ta I talked to him briefly about it and he was interested. He's also a big horror head, so I think he'll he'll do very well. Um, he's also worked on Cauldron and and his own comic, uh, The Flytrap. Uh, sorry, we're still going. Sean Daly. Oh, uh, yeah. Sean Daly's piece is amazing. That's interesting. Like I, the, <laughs> what's cool is that um, yeah, all of these guys are great artists. The ones that whose names I know, but yep. the, the, Sean Daly doing a, a Dracula because he's got this sweetness to his artwork in a way yeah yeah so he, i would really want to see his his rendering he I'll, I'll, yeah i'll give a little of spoiler uh so he was actually given almost the beginning of the book which was uh when dracula picks up uh jonathan in the carriage okay and he just did a beautiful rendering it's sort of over the shoulder mm -hmm. over Dracula's shoulder but you could see the Perfect. the castle in the distance and uh yeah he, he absolutely killed it um, Sandy Carruthers, uh, Sandy Carruthers is also a, a great artist. Uh, he was one of the actual creators of Men in Black, um, comic book before it became a movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kyle Smith, uh, from Raid, who worked on Witchcrafts. Uh, Steve McGinnis. Steve McGinnis is someone that, um, 
I met years ago at a Comic Con, and he's uh, uh, to me a very underrated artist. And when I think painter. of horror, I think of Steve McGee. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, he's I it do. was right up his alley. He was one of the first people I thought of because I'm like, he would love to do something, and he will absolutely kill it because he's got a he's got a. He uh, probably had three or four to passion. give you. He's got like <laughs> he's his, got a passion for his it. his art. His horror art is terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and he he. Um, he, and again, because he was so into it, he told me he went and he did research on, wow. uh, what, you know, the, the time period and the type of outfit that Dracula would be wearing at the time. And he, he pulled all that into his piece and, and it's fully painted. Uh, Gabe Sapienza, uh, mm-hmm. from scare, uh, again, from raid, uh, fantastic artist. Uh, he did a really cool take, um, on the death of Dracula actually. Uh, to sort of bookmark it, and then we have um, Dominic Shinye, who is uh, who is someone that kept he <laughs> he wasn't on my radar for a long time, but he was a big fan of the Sketchelmanias, and he, he went to um, I believe it was uh, was it Centennial or Humbert? Uh, I think it was Centennial College. That I could be wrong. Sorry about that. Uh, but he went to he went to college with a lot like the Mike Ruths and and all those folks. So he went to Sheridan. Sheridan, sorry, thank you, Sheridan College. Yeah, and uh, and then he started coming on to the Sketchelmanias, and he started doing a lot of art, and he was he has a passion for it. So I said, you got to be on this book, and he was he was happy to be on it. Uh, not only is he an artist, but he's also a designer. So he, along with Paul Lomenko, uh, pulled together the design of the logo, and they just knocked that out of the park. Um, so, uh, thank you to uh, Daniel Chenier. Uh, so, so I have so a Dominic question. Chenier, sorry, is that the list of? Is that everybody? That's everybody. Okay, is that enough? <laughs> so, how many pages is the book looking to be? It's going to be. Um, we're currently about fifty-six pages. Uh, so we, again, That's we nice. want to make sure they're full. They're they're full splash pages, so yep. they're not. They're not going to be cut out or something. So we're going to have, um, to give you an idea what it's going to look like, it's going to have the quote that inspired the piece and maybe a little blurb about, you know, the type of uh, medium that the, you know, similar to an art book. So what, what, what type of medium that the artist used. Uh, and then you're going to have the piece on the other side. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what it's going to look like. Uh, if we have, a, And then, of course, we have the foreword by Dr. Stoker. Um, and then if we have any room at the end, uh, we'll probably do some, um, work in progress pieces. So you could kind of see some of the, uh, outlines yes. and, and where, where it started and then where it ended for Those some of cool. these, for some of these, uh, artists. So does the book kind mm-hmm. of, uh, the, with the way the art pieces and the quotes, are they structured in a chronological order? That's the plan. Um, that's cool. That's, that's cool. the plan. So it's going to be sort of based, again, they're, they're specific quotes, but the quotes based on the chapters in the book. Um, again, the focus is the art. So if it makes more sense to switch a couple, we'll switch a couple. But yeah, it's generally going to be from the beginning to the end. That's very cool. Yeah. Because it isn't just a, like the more that you break this thing down and the way you were saying, you know, Gabe has the death of... Dracula, and then the uh, Sean Daly has you know that beginning of the book to see it yeah, kind of yeah, go yeah. through these stages, and and maybe even the way the art is sequenced with those quotes, it, the the artist of that time of Dracula's life will be the right one because yep. it, it makes sense for Sean Daly to kind of start the book almost yep. with a an innocence. 
Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, so there, like, yeah, there, there's two, like, there's a couple of pieces. Again, we weren't looking to recreate Dracula, right. the novel. It's it's inspired by. Right. Uh, so there's some pieces that aren't necessarily going to be a part of the novel. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, we can mix them around a little bit. But there's going to be a flow to it. Yeah. Um, you're going to see, yeah, the beginning. Um, I will say that a lot of the artists uh, were sort of clamoring to do the brides clamoring to do Lucy, clamoring to do uh, uh, Nina. So they really, in, they, they wanted to do the female version. So there's a lot of that in there. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So it's 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 a really, it's going to be a, a really great product. Because it, it's not just 30 artists all drawing Dracula. However, no, they no, feel no, no. like drawing Dracula. So if it, it'll be, you're going to really get variety yeah, yeah. Of the, the of the entire property of yeah. Dracula. Like I said, like Paul Lomenko, for example, he wanted to capture the tomb. And he just, uh, his piece is just uh, astounding. He actually did it in two versions. So he did, uh, he did it in um, sort of a horizontal, um, sorry, a vertical version, um, where that's sort of what will, f- will fit into the book itself. But then he did an extended version. Uh, on top of it so he extended it out and uh he's actually offering the extended version as a print we only have 20 of them uh signed by paul so get on that if you're interested um but yeah his like his piece is very different than than other pieces you know and then we have gerhard just doing the the castle itself that's so cool which is uh, another beautiful piece and then we have different takes on different moments right we have more traditional takes. So we have um, Neil Vokes, who's, again, huge Hammer fan, uh, decided to take his piece way literal and create almost a one-page uh, scene, comic scene. Um, so there's literally panels on his mm. uh, okay. that recreates that particular quote. Um, and then we'll have, you know, like I said, we'll have like full artist renditions of, of different things. Yeah, that's cool. I I really like that you've come up with something really original for a product that everyone it's kind of just part of the culture. Mm -hmm. But this is a very unique type of book that you're going to get so many different flavors, but it's going to be authentic to the the source material. I had um, and if you look at it as well, uh, some people decided they wanted to go more... um, I want to say realistic, historical. Let's say historical. And they took, like, uh, Vlad Tepes, like the the Impaler, Vlad the Impaler, and they used his imagery okay. in the Dracula book. So actually, a couple, there's actually a couple of pieces in there. Um, Hochi uh, um, Anderson, uh, Steve McGinnis, and um, somewhat, to an extent, uh, Daniel Gauvet. They sort of took more of the historical, historical um, look of the actual character uh, and and it and it works amazing that's cool so i have a i have a confession to make i don't know much about dracula (laughs) at all okay so what are some things that are what people think of dracula in pop culture that they that we don't know like what are some misconceptions this is what people think and this is the um this is what it is so I think one of the main things, specifically around the vampire genre, is um, 
in a lot of movies, in a lot of pop culture references, uh, they've gone away from the vampire being uh, the villain and being horrific. And they sort of romanticized it a lot. Um, mm. And and if you go to the original, you know, Dracula, he, he's he's horrific. <laughs> he's a murderer. Um, there's a, there's a, a part in the book where uh, he has his brides, and he literally um, to to satiate them feeds them a baby to eat. Wow! Like. Um, so that's one of the pieces. The, the actual <laughs> look, yeah, the, the actual look is also something that, again, uh, everybody has their interpretation. Um, but in the movies, especially like when people think of the Bela Lugosi one, for example, you know, he's in his tuxedo suit with mm-hmm. his bow tie and, you know, mm-hmm. etc. Um, but in the book itself, you know, he's, a, you know, he's a you know, like an older Romanian man. He's got a big mustache. Um you know, just wearing black from, you know, neck to, to, to feet. Uh, so very, very different look about him as well. Um, and also the, like, there's a lot of things that in terms of the, the vampire mythos that are different mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Uh, so for example, you know, it, thinking about how he dies, like, it, like without me telling you how he dies in the book, how do you think Dracula dies? Stake in the heart. Stake in the heart, right? Yeah. yeah. Garlic. Yeah. Uh, so no. <laughs> right. um, it, it, the the brides actually die with a stake in the heart. Uh, Dracula um, gets killed near the end. He's he's being chased down by uh, Harker and team, and uh, he basically gets stabbed with a Kirkery knife, and he gets uh, his throat slashed open, and that's how Dracula dies in the in, in the book. Which is very different than what we're used to. We, but he does, he does crumble to dust apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very different than what we've seen in the movies and things like that. So there's there are little elements that are, are different. And does he turn into a bat as well? Uh, yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, yeah, but it's he does, he does, and and animals. And he also does the whole, you know, climbing up the, the castle piece. That's that's in the book. But, uh, yeah, a lot of it is, is very different. Okay. Yeah, because I was never really... I, I haven't been a horror fan my whole life, really. And it isn't because I know anything about it to be like, ah, I don't like mm-hmm. it. It's just yeah. I wasn't... It, one, my parents didn't want me to watch it. And then <laughs> as I got older, I was just scared. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah You yeah, know, yeah. so... When did you, you, I mean, you answered this question without me asking it, but I did want to know, um, it was bonding with your mom, waiting for your dad to come home, the horror movies were on. I think so. Uh, that, and that didn't occur to me till way later in life. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, I guess that was my comfort thing, right, it's, to it's, do. Yeah and, yeah, and it makes, like, it's, it seems weird to be like, you were comforted by watching terrifying movie like what kind of mother would let their kid yeah, go yeah. to sleep but well but, and the ones we watched were very like tame right we're not we're not watching you know Friday but you're in your mom's arm yeah, right yeah, yeah, like yeah. as you're watching it yeah. it's it's you guys both being scared together like yeah, it is the yeah, perfect yeah. thing to yeah. bond over yeah, like, yeah we both get scared yeah and it makes total <laughs> sense that you would fall in love with this thing that you kind of associate with a warm place right waiting yeah. for your dad to yeah. come home with your mom late at night exactly. that sounds like so much fun yeah, exactly yeah um do you have a we always do top five so i have to ask you a top five on the spot okay 
when you think of this time of year, what are the five movies that oh. first come to your head that you gotta watch? That's impossible, dude. I know, but I know it is because you because you are. A, That's impossible. You're okay. The, All right, go tos. All right, go tos. All right. Oh god. All right. So let's go with. Um, say for me, Halloween. Say, Halloween has got to be a classic. Okay. The Someone original like Halloween. Someone like me who hasn't really doesn't know anything about this stuff. Nineteen seventy nine. John okay. Carpenter. Uh, I have to watch that every year. Okay. Okay. Uh, so we'll knock that one. Um, I would also go with uh, The Thing, the remake of The Thing in the 80s, okay. uh, which is another one that I love. Um, yeah, there's just so many, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's go with... Uh, I was a huge Stephen King fan, so and I still am a huge Stephen King fan. Uh, so The Shining is probably one of the ones that... It's one of the ones, one of the first ones that really scared me as a kid. Um, I probably watched it too early <laughs> as a kid, but yeah, The Shining's one of them. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think. There's ugh, there's just like so many. Um, but you're hitting good ones. A more recent one yeah. um, I, that I'm a fan of because uh, it personally... Um, uh, affects me because uh, I'm sort of claustrophobic. Is the the descent, oh, which yeah. is a very interesting one. Uh, which uh, it's a, basically a number of um, folks that go caving or mm-hmm. uh, what they call it, spelunking, uh, and spelunking, <laughs> and they get basically stuck uh, in there. And there are other things in yeah, the dark. Yeah. Uh, so that that's a great one as well. Um, and I will say. Um, and I'm just going to throw these out here because yeah. uh, not necessarily the ones I watch every year, but a couple of that have really spoken to me lately is uh, Hereditary um, and by the same director, writer, um, Midsummer. Uh, very disturbing ones um, that I really, I really appreciated. Yeah. Those are more psychological? They're pretty graphic. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're pretty graphic. Uh, Midsummer is more of a slow burn. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's more of a slow burn. But if uh, but Hereditary is uh, yeah, it's actually pretty scary. It's a scary film, and I don't say that a lot these days. I've seen so many of them. I enjoy horror movies, but I don't really get scared of horror movies. Probably because I'm just numb to them. Um, so what do you classify? <laughs> As what would be in horror, because you've got your slasher flick, then you've got your, yeah. your would monster movies count? Yeah, I think so. Would you put that in horror? So like yeah, monster God, movies. Godzilla vs. Kong, yeah, is that a horror why movie? Not? Yeah, yeah. I think they, you know, they, they could cross genres, like you could call them action movies too, I guess. So Aliens. A, yeah, so, uh, yeah, see, Alien, the alien, first Alien yes. would be more of a horror, whereas Aliens would be a little bit more of an action film. Okay. In my, a sci-fi action, right? Right. Can throw it in the sci-fi. Predator? Well. Uh, Predator, see, I still think of it more of an action film. But, okay. But again, yeah, there's horror elements to it. Jurassic Park? That's very PG, mm. but... I think I think that's more on the horror side, to be honest. Yeah. Jaws. Horror. Jaws. Okay. I can't believe I didn't say Jaws. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Well, because <laughs> but that's the thing. There's certain things that you automatically associate with. Yeah. This is that. Whereas yeah, Jaws yeah, yeah, yeah. is like a bunch of things. Alien yeah. is is more than like it. It kind of 
umbrellas out, but because then, because then for me, like there are certain <clears throat> things in the horror genre that I like, but I'm not yeah. into the supernatural. I think we talked kind of about stuff. it. You're, you're into the monsters. I love monster movies. Monster yeah, stuff. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah, or um, a good thriller. Yeah, good. Th- Check out Troll Hunter. That's pretty fun. Troll Hunter. Yeah, it's a it's a fun film. Like well, <laughs> girl, like you. The reason one of the it's funny. The reason why you I'm are disappointed with my top five. <laughs> I want to redo. That's okay. <laughs> no, no, do do five more. No, no, those are like I could I could go on forever. You didn't list critters. <laughs> <laughs> critters is in all categories. There you go. It's it's number one across the board. Like. And it's, it's almost not fair to even mention it because it's so good. <laughs> oh, the remake! The remake that just recently came out. And it's funny. I it's oh yeah yeah the one on Netflix. Yeah, uh, critters. It was horrible. Oh, so good. But but it's funny that one of the reasons that we became friends the way we are is because we talked about <laughs> critters on this show. And you're like, I like that movie, <laughs> and if you wrote in, yeah, it's I like, did. I'm one I of the people in. who, who like critters. And, um, I think that's the only time I've ever written into anything. That's so <laughs> funny. And probably the last one I time I've written into anything. <laughs> so, yeah, like, there's a bunch of different things that fall into this category. But would you put something like, um, oh, what's the, the super, super famous one? Exorcist. Where, would you that's be, a horror. No, no, of course. But would you put that in your top five? Like, if you had to interchange it? Uh, I'm going to be controversial and say no. Uh, I actually watched the exorcist very late and i watched it because it was such a because it was such a uh you know quote-unquote classic horror movie mm-hmm. i liked it but i think it was built too much up for me uh, when i did eventually see it because of the controversy the controversy, controversy what it was. yeah and i just i i found it um you know it's still a shocking film mm-hmm. but so many other films have come out that are probably even a lot worse. And because I saw it a lot later, it wasn't as shocking to me at the time. Uh, but I could see when it came out why it would be so controversial. Um, I, I enjoy the movie. It is a classic, uh, but not probably one of my go-tos. Um, do you find yourself leaning more towards the the a certain type of horror more than... Depends on the mood. Uh, yeah. Like, I'll be in the mood for a good, like... I'll call them no-brainer slasher movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, I'll just, you know, I'll just, you know, I just want to see the carnage and the mayhem and, and, and the form, you know, the formula, right? Um, and if it's if done well, then it's it's very enjoyable. I saw one recently called uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods, I believe. It was on Netflix, I think. Um, which which really harkened back to those eight, the classic 80s uh, slasher films, and I really enjoyed that. Um but you know, uh, supernatural ones are good. Uh, I'm not too crazy about the uh, the ones that overdo it, where it's more like, hey, you know, there's a cup that moved in the house, and <laughs> like those things don't really do too much to me. Um, whereas I loved what's the what's the film um, like the Changeling is one of my favorite films, and it there's no horror like there's no violence or anything in that film, but it was all atmosphere. The whole thing was atmosphere. Mm. I absolutely love that film. Um, yeah, it really depends how I feel. Like uh, I'll be there. I'll be there to go see a, a giant, you know, Godzilla film any day. Um, but then I'll sometimes I just want a, a, a slow burn film. Um, something that I really liked recently 
was uh, the Netflix show um, Midnight Mass. Okay. Really great show. A slow burn. Really got me interested in the characters. Uh, and then, like, in the last two episodes, really turned everything upside down. It was really great. Um, very similar to Midsummer in, in that regards. So you got to wait for it. It's not something that's obvious. Yeah, it's, it's not figuring obvious. out what what the creepiness is. Yeah, it's not obvious. It gives you little little tastes here and there. Something unusual. Something that doesn't add up. And then it just it just goes off the rails. Yeah. Do you ever have a hard time going to sleep or thinking about this stuff? Like, does it ever like get to you? Um, I would say the last film that. I'll say what's not necessarily had a hard time go to sleep, but it, it stuck with me was Midsummer. That that was a very uh, it, it was again a slow burn film that just near the end just took off. Uh, and I think a part of them is a part of the ones that stick with me are the ones that uh, you know this could happen, <laughs> mm. right? Um, you know, yes they they go to the the extreme, but. You kind of think, you know, the way that this is, you know, um, it's so nicely plotted out that, and and slow, and, and it builds so slowly. You know, it's not where you have, you know, a teenager going to the house and then the house saying, get out, you know, and they stick around, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, they're like, get out, get out. No, it, it builds so slowly that you could kind of see, like, why, um, why they would be sticking around or why, mm-hmm. um, why they'd be fooled into certain things. Right. Just because, yeah. There's a manipulation. There's manipulation. In... There's, yeah. So things like that, I mm. think, stick with me a little bit more. Right. Um, but yeah, it's great film. Yeah, that's interesting when uh, you, you, things, things that you watch once upon a time that what really creeps you out is when you kind of revisit it and think to yourself, this doesn't seem so unbelievable or fan, like this mm-hmm. isn't just a cool story, like it sounds weird, but I know a lot of people will get it in our day and age. But when I first saw it to when I watched The Matrix now, <laughs> I understand it with a little... I, I, it's like, hmm, yeah. these guys were ahead of their time with what they were thinking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was a really cool concept then, but you watch it now and you're just like, huh. Yeah. Well, that that could be, can't it? There, yeah, a lot of predictions there. Yeah, yeah sure. and and it doesn't. And the way that we use our technology now and are so like attached to it, there's so many things. Like even in in a way, like Terminator Two, when yeah. you know that we're building stuff now that is can kind of one of the one of the films that um, that stuck with me, and 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 one of the ones that legitimately scared me uh, was the remake. 1979, I think it's 79, remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know what it is that stuck me about it. It's just the the thought that everybody is sort of, um, have, have changed or they're not themselves and, mm. and, and, you know, you have to live in this world where you realize that Things are not quite right, and yeah, it's it's a great great film. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I sit and I think to myself, "Is that really what's going on? Like, yeah. is that really what we're arguing about these days?" Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "Am I the only one 
I feel like I'm crazy because my yeah. thoughts that it's I that think whole, are, it's yeah. a whole cultish thought of it, right? And and in yes. a way, like they go obviously to the sci-fi yeah, uh, of course, world of, of course. it. They they take it to the next level, but the whole idea of this sort of um, you know things are things are wrong. You see things are wrong, right? And everybody else is telling you something else. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and they're trying to convince you otherwise. And it's and it's it's very interesting. Um, I like stuff like that. Yeah. Invasion of the Wally Snatchers 79 is, is really great. Uh, Donald Sutherland, uh, Leonard Nimoy's in it. Oh, that's creepy uh, just yeah, the two of them. It's pretty it's pretty great. Check that out. If you want to get creeped out. Well, you've, you've mentioned a couple of movies that, uh, like, John Carpenter's The Thing I haven't seen, which I know is... a huge John Carpenter it's, fan. It, yeah. And it's, that in itself, they say, is just... You haven't a, seen um, John Carpenter's The Thing? No. Oh. There's a bunch of movies that... Like, I love movies, and I've seen a ton, but there's a ton that I haven't it's seen. kind of a monster movie? I mean, no, I, I want... I, I was recommended uh, on another podcast with... Um, yeah. uh, he's actually a movie archiver, reviewer. Used to be okay. a comic book inker. Stephen Mitchell is his name. Okay. But... Uh, he was referencing some movies in relation to um, comparing with comic books and stuff like that. But he, he was talking about the thing as though I had seen them. I haven't seen them. I don't know what he's talking about. And oh. I was kind of embarrassed. But I, right. I do want to watch that. You got to watch it. Yeah, I got to see it. it. I think I have like four versions of it on Blu-rays and 4Ks and <laughs> DVDs. <laughs> yeah, I got, there's certain That's movies great. that you just have to see because yeah. of, of the quality of film that it was too, right? Yeah. yeah. And I hear that's definitely one of them. Um, okay, let's have a little fun. Okay. Um, everything's gone to shit, a lot like 2021 and 2020. Sure. But zombie apocalypse or a monster apocalypse? Which one would you rather kind of witness if everything's going to hit the fan? Are you going to give me some would you rathers? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's have some fun. All right. So, sorry, uh, zombie or what? A zombie apocalypse? Yeah. Or a monster apocalypse? Uh, any monsters? Like, if you're going to see Godzilla and Kong go at it, it, or do you want it to be, like, you want oh, to well, have a chance to run? Well, um, I have to think that I would want to survive. So, yeah. I think I have a much better chance against zombies. Especially if they're not the fast zombies, but the slow zombies. Mm. Uh, I think I have a much better chance. What uh, if they're thriller zombies? Just dance with thriller them? Thriller zombies? <laughs> Thriller zombies, uh, to me, are a little bit more terrifying because you don't know what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They just start dancing in the middle of the street yeah, like a flash yeah. mob. But then I might, like, you know, because then they're going to... See, regular zombies, you could try to dress up like a zombie and fit ah. in. But if you don't know the moves of yeah, the thriller yeah. zombie, yeah, then they're going to know you're, like, human right away and they're going to eat you. So, yeah. So that. give yourself a fighting chance. Yeah. Okay. Fighting chance. This one's similar, but I don't know if... One is preferable. An asteroid or nuclear fallout? They're both mm. pretty instantaneous, but one might be a better show. Asteroids or nuclear fallout? Um, is it like uh, the entire world is destroyed for either one? Something that you would... Something that you may have a chance of escaping. Because you could live either in a month... You could if you had to run away so, from one. I would say if 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 it doesn't basically destroy the world, uh, probably the asteroid because you're not gonna have all the nuclear fallout after, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and yeah. all the you know the the slow and painful death. Uh, recently saw Chernobyl and that was terrifying. That was that was to me that's a horror show. 
Um, but it's but scary. a real one. It's yeah. scary to think that that stuff really like when yeah. you really see what happens away from it's where awful. you live. It's awful. You re- it's like guys, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you think of that that place, well, when did that happen? The eighties. Yeah. That's yeah. not long ago yeah. to think. It was that scary, and I didn't know half the story until I saw the show. Yeah, but, someone uh, explained it to me, and I was just like, I don't know if I want to be entertained by that just yet, because yeah. it seemed... People were really heroes, man. They, they, you know, they knew they were going in to die. That's uh, crazy. But they had to do it, or else many more were going to die. So, yeah, anyway. Real heroes. Yeah. Um. Okay, you're gone for 20 years, right? Yeah, yeah. What's the first thing you want to know about when you get back? So let's say you Am were... Am I by myself? Let's say you were like a uh, castaway. And you get back to here. Like what's something like... Tell me what happened. Or even like Back to the Oof. Future. You've disappeared and then you come back into your time. Okay. What do you okay. want to get caught up on? So let's keep... Uh, let's keep family and friends out of it. Because obviously I would of probably... <laughs> I want to catch up with them. Yeah, yeah. All right. So this makes it harder. Okay. So family and friends are out. What do I want to catch up on? Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) That's that's hard because, like, instinctively, I kind of want to go to technology Mm -hmm. to an extent. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to know what's what's been developed over the years. Um, How are we communicating? Because if you think... Like, if you think 20 years back compared to 20 years, like, you know. Yeah. We've come so far. You'd right? be lost. We if have, you, yeah. We have, like, a world of knowledge in our hands with uh, cell phones, right? So, what's going to happen in 20 years? You know, are we going to have Just little from, microchips in our heads yeah. and instant download? Like, I'd, I'd be interested on sort of how, how technology changes uh, over the years. Yeah, think about from... And also if my Kickstarter uh, did well. (laughs) Dracula Visions. (laughs) (laughs) Plug, plug. Plug, plug. No, it's true because like you just mentioned 20 years ago and I'm thinking we had cell phones, Mm. we had email, but... Barely, yeah. But but if you went from then to now and you said, you just got to go get a cell phone, it would be a completely different world. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, and you, and you don't realize it because you've kind of just lived with it, but damn, no, that TV yeah. doesn't the, work the anymore. Internet. The internet compared yeah. to 20 years ago, like CD players, close. you don't need them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Let's go to Blockbuster. You want to see a movie? Yeah. Yeah. Press a button. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You, you would be lost. Yep. Technology. Yeah. I think all of us would say, what's the technology? Yeah. How do I communicate with the machines now? Yep. Um, okay. Last one. If you were living like a, a nomad, right? You were mm-hmm. going walkabout. Like <laughs> you were doing a walkabout. Walkabout, yeah. What items would you want to have with you as far as... By myself? N- n- not survival stuff. Not that survival, stuff, okay. That stuff's so with water, you. You've got, uh, right. you've got that taken care of. You're Martin Slam Duncan. Your car's got that. Uh, cell phone? <laughs> okay. Uh, what, yeah. If you had to bring like a... This would be the album I need to oh, have. Okay, okay. This you're, would be the book that to... I would want to reread. All right, so I can't I can't cheat and say like iPad. Um, okay, okay. So let's 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 name a few things. So movies, Jaws. We'll throw Jaws in there. <laughs> Give it its respect. Okay, yeah. Um, books are hard. Uh, books are very hard. My favorite series of books 
is the Dark Tower series. Take them with you. So I'm going to take the entire series of Dark Tower books with me. Uh, comics would be very difficult. Do you have one story that you, you it's kind of like comfort story? Not because it's a great, like, oh, this is the book to have. It's more like, I can read this again and again, and uh, I'm not upset. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I want, like, I want to see Craven's Last Stand. I love that book, that story. Um, comic books, yeah, comic books are different because, again, I, depending on how I feel, I want to read different things. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. me too. Uh, yeah, so maybe I'll come back with that. Albums. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one too, man. Like, I only get one? <laughs> no, no. I, I have it. I made it very general, but like, okay. what 10 items? Like, if you had oh, to pick, okay, okay, you know, okay. if, you see, if you had to pick four CDs, two books, whatever it is. Like, what are those things? Like, I want to keep that. These are my things. Okay. So, I'll, I'll, I'll take uh, a small selection of, uh, I'm a big Iron Maiden fan, so I'll, I'll, I'll take a few of their albums. Um, I'll probably take a few Rush albums. I don't know. Okay. Um, let's see. What else would I bring? Um, can I bring my dogs? <laughs> One of them. Oh! Ah! Oh! oh! <laughs> no, you're going walkabout by yourself. Oh, okay, it's just okay. You. I can't bring my dogs. Oh, jeez. I guess. I guess I'll a dog a, would I'll be I'll bring a normal. picture of my dogs. A picture of me. And my wife. <laughs> Um, I don't know. What else do you bring with you? Um, are there any token items that are kind of just oh. like your thing? Like that's you're my looking for watch. something really deep that I don't have. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever it might be, I'm just. It's just interesting uh, to think of what comes to people's minds. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I'm gonna think of it after this. Um, yeah, I probably I'll probably think of it after like after this, but. These are the ones that stick with you. Ah, oh, I should have said that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's probably that's probably what I get to. So, huh? Uh, I don't know. I'm a little stumped right now. I can't. So, so can't what think. makes the Dark Tower your favorite book series? And how many books are there? So, well, they actually they they released a book that happens I think between three and four. So I haven't read that one yet. Surprisingly, that that came out like a few years back. I gotta get on that. Uh, what makes it amazing is um, I'm I'm not only well I'm a big fan of a lot of things but not only horror but I'm also a big fan of of western uh, westerns and it's kind of a sci-fi western mm-hmm. uh, in a way mm-hmm. um, but a lot of the different books are almost it's sort of like you could take it back to like the, the alien aliens type trilogy okay whereas you know some books are horror um some books are like really sort of street level uh character building stuff some books um are like uh action Mm -hmm. right so there's my favorite of all of them are the wolves of kala and the wolves of kala is pretty much our heroes being uh like the seven samurai they go to this little town and they protect the town against the invaders and that's my favorite one of them. Um, and they also pull in a number of references from the greater Stephen King world hmm. as well. So if you're a Stephen King fan, um, there are just so many references and characters called by different names. Like uh, Flag, for example, from The Stand is is 
basically the main villain in this, who was also the main villain in, uh, I think it was Eyes of the Dragon, like, but called different things, uh, but it's the same character, so, uh, so yeah, it's just sort of world building, and it, to me, it's his, it's his Avengers, right, it's his pulling all the elements into one with a great narrative, um, but also treating it as a journey, uh, like a western in a way. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the movie sucked. Yeah, that, that was... <laughs> the movie is awful. Yeah, that's because when I remember how excited you were about it and how was, much you said that you loved those books previously. And when yeah. you saw the movie and said, that was, like, waste of money. Wait, so, like, originally, um, Ron Howard was going to take it on. Uh, there was going to be a movie and then a TV series and then a movie, like, so it was going to build it out a lot more because you can't, like, there's so much, they're so dense what's in these things. Yeah. They can make a movie out of, easily make a movie out of a book or half a book. <laughs> right. Right. And there's like, what, eight of them, seven of them, eight of them now. Um, how, how big are these books? Because they're big. They're huge. Yeah. They're, all of the Dark big. Tower are. The first are... one isn't. The first one, I'll be honest, the first one's a little tough to get through, I found. Um, okay. But once you get past sort of the first one, they're, they're great. They're they're really great. The first one's okay. It's just... It's finding uh, its legs. Yeah, I think it's finding its legs. It's uh, it's it's establishing some of the characters. Um, it's very important when you get to the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's very important. Um, when you do get to the end, um, it, it harkens back to the first one. Let's just say that. Okay. Yeah. So it's essential, but... If it's it's like that for those first couple of episodes of a TV show that's <laughs> yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah Later yeah. on, that those first goes, episodes yeah. will be will mean more to you. Exactly. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Everyone is uh, busting my chops these days to read a novel. When I say what should I read next, everyone says read an actual book. Stop reading comic books. I'm like, what? why? <laughs> so I'm always I'm always interested to hear people's recommendations of books that they really love and and the Dark Tower and Stephen King books is not something I've ever read but I do enjoy a lot of it's his storytelling. Not, I would say it's not it's not really horror. It's not a um, I mean Stephen King's all across like he's he did you know um, Shawshank Redemption Shawshank, yeah Stand by Me yeah it's all about characters right and and this this series is all about characters so it's not there's horror elements to it. Um, mm-hmm. funny enough, there's a horror element where the, the villain is a train <laughs> in this, in this, uh, in this series. Um, and he pulls it off. What era was he writing these books? Like what decade? Oh, when did he write them? He, he wrote it over, I want to say he wrote it over a number of years. Okay. Like he wrote the first few. Um, I was, I was fortunate to read them when they were all written. Right, because I would so have you, hated to, because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of cliffhangers. Right. And uh, similar to like George R. R. Martin's, uh, you know, many years between each book, right. uh, I would have lost my mind. But I got to read, I got to read it all in a row, That's first cool. time through. But I don't know how many years to be honest, because I didn't read it when it was originally written. I read, it, I read it after. So okay, I was, I wasn't sure if there's that he, because from what I've heard about him is that his career has gone through like that's when he was doing this sort of thing and he this is the time when he was 
you know, on drugs or drinking a lot. And he doesn't remember, he doesn't <laughs> yeah, even yeah, remember yeah. writing that book. Like yeah. I hear stories about it like He'll that. He'll wake up and there's a book written. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I wasn't sure if this was part of. Probably was at or, some point. through And maybe through that's that why, and maybe the, that's why they vary, they vary between right. uh, the styles of the books, right? Because they're, like I said, some are very Western oriented. Some are very street level. Um, like the drawing of the three is very street level. It talks about, you know, New York City during a, I think it was New York City, during a, a certain era. Um, and it jumps around time as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it talks about one of the characters, um, I guess during the, the 60s, 50s, 60s. I haven't read it in a long time, but 50s, 60s, um, where there's a lot of racism and things like that. And, and it goes through a gambit of different styles. Yeah, but it all ties back eventually. That's cool. It yeah. sounds like something they should have made a television show out of. Yeah, you can't get it all in a movie. Yeah, like, it, it, you're cheating the material. Yeah. It's not going to go well. Thank you very much for coming to the to the cave officially. and uh, Dracula Visions. Yeah, tell us, tell everybody again <laughs> where to go to, to, to support the Kickstarter. Give them all the goods. Yeah, yeah. so uh, if any of this appeals to you, um, check out Kickstarter. Um, just punch in Dracula Visions. Uh, we've this, you know, and again, we wanted to make it available for a lot of, you know, different uh, collectors, right? If if you want, all, you know, all the bells and whistles, we have all the bells and whistles. If you want to just, you know, read it, just just get the book, right? And and not read it, but um, appreciate the art. Just get the book. Um, um, as a part of this as well, and one of the reasons I wanted to do something during the pandemic is uh, some of the artists, uh, they're going through a hard time uh, during mm-hmm. the pandemic. You know, they don't have those conventions like they used to, where they used to be able to sell a lot of art. Um, you know, they're, they were kind of relying on, you know, existing customers and things like that. So, um, so support artists. A lot of these are independent artists. Yeah, we have a few, you know, big names, Marvel names, etc. But a lot of them are independent artists. Uh, and this will go a long way. And I have a lot of plans for stretch goals that I think people will really like. Hmm. Uh, and most of the stretch goals will be freebies. Uh, okay. So if you want to, uh, you know, contribute that way. Also, uh, I have a lot of plans for future books too. So that's exciting. If that's something you know that you want to see, it's really going to be dependent on how well this first one goes, right? So, um, by any means, whatever you could afford, right? I know it's been hard on a lot of people, but it's not just necessarily going towards me, but it's also going going towards the artists um, and everybody involved in the books, right? And it's a passion project. It's yeah. really something yeah. that you feel. That you want to make for people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have, is there any teasers of stuff you want to do next, possibly? Or do you want to save it for when the time um, comes? I don't, yeah. Uh, like, sorry, like stretch goals, you mean? No, like potential books. Oh, other books. Following. Well, I mean, I, I actually teased it earlier on in this podcast. So you have to go back and re-listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, to an extent, yeah. Um but it's it's to me it, it would be a natural progression from the Dracula Visions right piece. Right. Um, but, is it is it? Do you think this will be a, a horror anthology of books? Is it that... probably will be leaning towards that originally. Okay, yeah, for sure. Um, there's a lot of other things, uh, at, and this is not going to happen immediately. But um, I'm a huge Conan fan. I'd love to. I'd love to take um, when they become um, optional, right? Which is happening, in, I think, in four years. 
Um, I'd love to take that and, you know, take a story out of that and, and uh, see what some artists could do with that piece. But initially, it's going to be more horror-oriented. And I'd love to do one a year around this time of year. So. Yeah, that'd be great. So, uh, yeah. Well, all the best. I know that you're going to be successful. And I'm... Uh... <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing this book and I hope I'm looking forward to the rest of them that you make. Thank you, Martin, for coming on the show. Everybody uh, follow Martin on Facebook, fastball special, get the sketchomanias. I'm going to do one more plug. Do a plug. Okay. So uh, one more plug and we are going to be doing four sketchomanias in October. Woo. One a week. Um, And they are going to be artists from the book and we're going to, and they're all going to be, and if you don't know what a sketch mania is, it's basically a, a, a sketch showdown. We're going to have three to four artists every week. And the art pieces are going to be available for auction. And the auction money will go and help towards um, like printing the book and things like that. So if you're interested, it's all going to be sort of spooky, horror-related stuff um, by some really top artists. Um, I highly recommend checking it out. And I also will throw in... Uh, a little thing that will only be available through the Kickstarter and only be available through these Sketchlemanias um, as a part of sort of the prize each week. Cool. So I'll throw that in as well. Um, but you'll have to stay tuned. Check out uh, the Fastball Special uh, page yep. and you'll uh, get all the information on the Sketchlemanias. All awesome. Right, plug away. Go ahead. <laughs> no, thank you for coming on the show. I, I'm... Uh, <clears throat> I'm proud of you. I'm very happy oh. to see what what all the stuff that you're doing. You're being you're keeping busy, but you're adding so much to the community, and it's it's a lot of uh, good good energy that you're bringing to it by bringing people together to work on stuff that they're passionate about. But even for people who couldn't go to shows, um, mm-hmm. I know people have been enjoying your content, so that's great. The community has been amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Cave of Solitude. Rate and review the show. And don't forget to support Dracula Visions. Take care, everyone. We'll talk soon.